This is the Leapcast, where we talk about how today's current events impact your real life. If you are tired of politics or you are just exhausted from the spin, this show is for you. My name is Andrew Lieb, and every week I host a talk radio show breaking down the news from an independent point of view. We discuss real estate, business, and your health. Hear from the experts and learn the truth on the Leapcast. Personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lieb. I've been reading the Facebook nonstop. We are we we finished one camp for the kids on Friday. We have another camp coming in because apparently no one understands in the camping verse that parents work. Well, definitely not in New York. It's insane how the you end the camp. And then there's still three weeks before school. And I've been on this stretch right now of how do I go to work? How does Lauren go to work? Morty, you're probably having the same. Yeah. It's, it's a disaster. It's, I, I don't understand. Like we're, we're supposed to be in an age where both parents can work, and yet schools and camps don't provide that opportunity. And so we have, we have a bunch of stressors going on, which I'm sure you do too. Ready? Number one. Interim camp. We found a camp in between camp and school. I don't know what you call that. Quasi camp. Like quasi moto? Quasi camp. And so we have quasi camp. And then here's issue number two. Ready, Morty? Number two, not a big issue, still big though. Kid gets off bus around three. Parent doesn't get home until at least 5 30. And that's assuming I don't work like I used to. Like I used to work till nine or ten at night every night. But that just that ship has long sailed, and that's not an option. It's just like how am I supposed to be productive? That's an issue. And it's also hard to get babysitters these days. Well, th- that's the issue. And yeah. we, Lauren's Impossible. Lauren's getting into vaccination fights on the Facebook. Like she and she doesn't even mean to. She just says I'm looking for a babysitter. And then when she's interviewing, she goes, I need proof of vaccination. Because mind you, our kids are two and five, not five, I'm sorry, Spence, two and seven, I'm sorry, uh, two and seven, and they can't get the vaccination, I was thinking, for five more years, because Spencer is seven, and at 12, you can get the vaccine, they haven't authorized it yet. So we're concerned. So she asked about proof of vaccination. Yeah. So I'm getting the same response that not I'm not vaccinated and I will never be vaccinated. Like like out of nowhere, they just they intend to tell you their entire political <laughs> beliefs. And Lauren's like, I wasn't like knowing wanting to know why you're doing anything. It was a yes, no question. It wasn't to explain yourself. They also tell you their views on abortion. It's amazing how <laughs> the things should. they tell you. But Morty, no one ever tells you their views on pastrami. They want to keep it to themselves. If it's lean. That's the one thing you shouldn't keep to yourself. Oh, yeah, right. So everyone knows lean pastrami is the best. Oh, but man. so that's stressor number two. But I'm going to tell you stressor number three. I have no idea whether they're going to require masks in schools. And I'm so stressed out about this right now because going back to work when there's no masks, I'm just doing a little deduction now. Ready? No masks equal more germ spread. I got this cool little picture I found on the Facebook. I'm like all of you. I learned on the Facebook. It says, is it useful to wear a mask? And it's got this guy peeing on another guy. And it says, let me explain. If you walk around nude and someone pees on you, you'll get wet. And then it says, if you wear pants and someone pees on you, you're partially protected. And someone's peeing on someone else's pants. I don't know that I want that to happen to me. Just so <laughs> on the same page. Then it's two guys wearing pants looking at each other. And it says, if the guy peeing also wears pants, he pees in his pants. And you don't get what? 
Now do you understand the principle? And this is about how masks work. So I'm thinking that if everyone's wearing their pants, well, I want that too. But if they're wearing a mask, there's less likely to have germs, particularly when we're in Delta variant world, which they say is as contagious as chickenpox. And we're less likely to have, you remember last year, Morty, because we did homeschooling, but you went to school last year with your we kids. Did. And every few weeks, it was a COVID emergency. Yeah, we had quarantines after quarantines. And if the kid quarantines, guess what? The parent has to quarantine too. It's it's Yeah. And so this is a productivity issue. This is a workplace issue. This is a major issue. And so there's two fellas out there that are really leading the way on this issue and not the way, not the good way. We got, we got, we got these two governors who have like, they've cornered the field of crazy. I just want you to know the the field of crazy is, and I guess you're getting my belief on this and my belief is pretty apparent. Don't make me miss work. Like that's where we're going with this thing. So here we have, we have two governors. I want to tell you about these two governors, Lauren. First, we got the guy in Texas. We got the guy in Texas, the honorable governor from Texas, Mr. Abbott, who has COVID himself. And right, then, I saw that. yeah, so I think that's good. Then we got. <laughs> no, it's not good. He was vaccinated. No, it's not good. He got COVID. It's good in the irony that he's putting out stuff, don't mask in schools while he has COVID and he already got vaccinated. But then we got to outdo his crazy. We have DeSantis in Florida. And, they're, and so while they say that, they're going back and forth. They got these two guys. And so here's where it's going. They're both taking the position. And I'm going to tell you how Abbott changed a little. But they're taking the position that even local school districts, local governments, it's illegal for them to make mask rules in school. Now, mind you, the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, has said that it should be up to the local communities, which I'm also not sure makes the most sense to me either. But so I was watching, as you know, Morty, beyond Facebook, I get my information from TV. That's how I, I do this. And Stephen Colbert was showing me a show. He, he's a good guy, this Colbert. I don't know if you saw. He was in the Billy Joel, New York State of Mind. He sang very good. And so he, he was doing this show, and they were showing about what's going on in California at a rally about, I think it was about vaccines, but it got me inspired. So I said to myself, I'm going to find out what's wrong with masks because there's obviously something very wrong, Lauren. Masks are like the devil here. And I've been, I'm very concerned. So here's the first thing I got. Even if you're not conspiracy-minded, Something in your soul has to be telling you something isn't right with any of this. Something's not right. Then I see on Facebook, going back to the Facebook thing, because I was in my search to know about anti-mask. And I see a school, a school, a school, an advertisement for kidtastic kids. And here's what, this is great, Morty. They say, let's talk about a maskless kindergarten program. But then they say, let's talk about it on a virtual event. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Because apparently you want to be mean that the that the director is virtual because she doesn't want to get it, but all the kids are in the classroom? Well, that goes to Abbott a little in Texas because apparently they're requiring masks. I don't even know if you saw it, Trump, the Trumpster. Yeah. In the Trump properties, they're requiring masks right. now. So they tell you there's oxygen level issues. This is things I hear from people. Uh, psychological impacts from wearing masks. I've heard of mask mouth. Have you heard of mask mouth, Lauren? This is a thing too, mask mouth. It's, it's not meth mouth. Totally different. Meth is like meth is the drug. Mask mouth. 
And what happens is because you're wearing the mask, you tend to drink less water and get dehydrated, which creates dental issues. That's one of their arguments. But here's the one that they make the biggest thing of them all. The biggest thing of them all. It's a violation of my freedom, I think. And then also, I just don't think they work. That's what a lot of people anti-mask say. Freedom, 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 freedom. So I thought it'd be interesting to bring on an expert on freedom. I thought that we should bring on someone who understands that certain people in this world need to be fought for. Certain disadvantaged populations that need the freedom to go to school. Don't you think that people should be able to go to school? I think every child should be able to go to school. I agree. We should want an educated populace. And so I was reading the news when Governor Abbott, you know, Governor Abbott, he issues this, this, regula- this executive order, GA381, and it's prohibiting government entities from imposing a mask requirement. School, school districts are prohibited from considering on a district-by-district district basis masks. And I said, who's going to do something about this? And there's all this arguments back and forth. But this guy I know, he works for Disability Rights Texas, Robert Winterrode. He is brilliant, brilliant guy. He's on the line with us right now, and he's suing Governor Abbott. He's suing Texas right now because apparently, and this is interesting, this is interesting stuff. If you don't have mask requirements, aren't you therefore telling people that are disabled, that are immunocompromised, that they are not welcome here? It's an interesting concept, as opposed to a lot of the questions are about can we require vaccines? Can we require masks? Do we have to make exceptions for people's rights? Yeah, and, it, and it's not permitting the local school districts from putting in potential programs to accommodate for them. Well, I want to go there too, Morty, and I have questions, but I have Robert on the line right now. Welcome, Robert. Rob, welcome, you? Robert. Hey, Robert. Thank you so much for having me on, um, and thank you for the for the kind introduction. Um, I don't I don't know what's going on in my state, but that guy in Texas, he's given us all a very rough time. So, Robert, you did something about it, and I want to give you credit. I don't know if it was a hundred percent you. I don't I don't I don't know if you're the one behind this, but I saw this week the TEA. The TEA in Texas, that's education, right? The TEA, they said, they said that they're going to drop their, their, their requirement that local school districts can't have masks. They're going to say it's up to the local school districts again in response to all of these lawsuits like you brought. Is that true? Yes. So during the pendency, so while, while the court actions are going on, I'm going to try not to speak in lawyer, lawyer language. Um, they are not going to require that school districts not mandate masks, which is a great victory. Um, we hope to have a permanent victory on the subject. And the other thing that happened is they are now requiring districts to contact trace. And so, you know, those two things at such an early point in our litigation are definite wins. Huge. And I've seen seven counties, 48 school districts have already implemented mask rules in Texas. But here's what I really want to get at. Yeah, you got a small victory. We got a victory in the interim, and every day that we can make people safer is a victory. But I want to bring it back to me. Uh, Robert, you know, Texas is great. But in my head, the only thing that matters is me. I'm self-involved. And so here's – Morty said something a second ago, and I want to get into this with you. Is your argument that 
this is a decision only for the local levels and schools, as Morty said, on the local level should be able to determine what they want to do about masks. They can have a policy of no masks. They can have a policy of masks. They can have a policy like Lauren just told me, Comac just announced, that they're going to have masks in the hallway but not masks in the classroom. Are you? Is that your argument that it should be the local school district or is your argument instead by not having masks – you're therefore telling certain members of the population they can't get educated and therefore engaging in dis disability discrimination. Yes, that's a good question. We are hoping, you know, our work will inspire and empower all school districts in the state of Texas. But we also recognize we have a very large state. And so, you know, we have in, in the valley, in the Rio Grande Valley, about 70% of people are vaccinated and then in the rural areas, maybe 30, 40%. And so there's going to be different needs across the state. There may be, you know, some districts that don't need to have a mask mandate if, you know, everyone's vaccinated and, you know, more or less COVID is under control. But as we know, things are changing so quickly due to the Delta variant and everything else that we do believe that local districts need to have the power to respond in a timely manner to the crisis. So I guess my question, though, is I read your complaint and you're you're on the complaint. They have your name on page 37 of the complaint, Robert. You, you're, you're one of the lawyers on this. And I read in the complaint that we got worries about people with Down syndrome, moderate to severe asthma, chronic lung and heart conditions, cerebral palsy and weakened immune systems. And so my question is, because the Centers for Disease Control recognize those as risk factors to COVID, even in an area where we have 70, 80% vaccinated, obviously in the elementary school setting, not all those kids under 12 are vaccinated. By not having masks in those environments, aren't you then nonetheless discriminating against all these people with these underlying ailments? Isn't this a problem? Shouldn't we require masks across the board based on your argument? You know, in an ideal world, you know, you know, keeping politics aside, keeping the litigation aside, my personal view would be universal masking, right? But we also live in the state of Texas. We know that this has been a very long pandemic. And at this point, you know, we are, it, it's hard to, to require Texans, uh, you know, right now, especially there's a very vocal, maybe 40%, 30% of our state that is not pro-mask. Um, and so it's hard to require everyone to do, you know, what some of us might feel personally is the right thing. Um, at the same time, this is all about risk mitigation, right? And so, you know, in districts that are, you know, less risky for these students, uh, masking may not be as essential. But in other districts where, you know, there's a huge outbreak, you know, they need to mask. We've had at least four school districts this week shut down because of COVID-19 outbreaks. And so you're saying that your personal view is about one way, and then you're talking about having a tailored approach to school districts across the board because of different opinions. But I see in your complaint that the CDC has guidance. They've already put out guidance for COVID-19 prevention in K-12 through schools. And here's what it says. Universal. It doesn't say tailored. It says universal indoor masking for all students, staff, teachers, and visitors to K-12 through schools, regardless of vaccination status. And I read in your complaint that the reason why we need this is child infections 
have went from 12,000 cases, cases nationwide in the first week of July, Lauren, get this, from, from 12,000 to 96,000 in the first week of August. With the latest figures representing about 15% of all new infections, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics. So my, my question, I guess, is I'm going to rephrase it. Yes, in Texas. Yes, you want to say the governor can't block local school districts. I get that. But Morty, you have a child, right? I do. You have more than one. Three of them. Yeah. We have two children, right? Let's assume for argument's sake that one of our kids, God forbid, are immunocompromised. We talk about cerebral palsy or something like that. You, we, we're speaking to people out there. But kids have ailments, right, Lauren? Don't we know people with ailments? Absolutely. And so my question is, they go to one of these school districts, whether it's in New York whether it's in Texas, whether it's anywhere besides where DeSantis won't back down. I would hope that you bring your lawsuit in Florida too. But let's assume that they're in one of these places where the local school district can decide. This is really where my question is. And they read your complaint. I guess my question is, if someone is immunocompromised, do they have an argument to sue their individual school district to say, because of their disability, they're being denied equal education based on your two arguments in your complaint? I'm reading this complaint, and there's two, two well, there's three causes of action, but there's two very interesting ones. One is you're saying it's the American with Disabilities Act, which Morty and I know applies to businesses, places, hotels, stores. Public and private entities. Yeah. Then there's the Rehabilitation Act of 1973, Section 504. We don't need to get into the whole law, but what it basically says, both of these, is a disabled person needs to have equal use and enjoyment if a reasonable accommodation can be made. So my question is, someone's listening to the Leapcast right now. They're in California. They're in Idaho. They're in the minority. Let's assume that they live in a population that thinks, after all, masks are taking our freedom. And they hear this. Should they be calling their lawyer and bringing a lawsuit under these laws that you cite in your lawsuit that says, hey, we need equal rights. My kid can't go to school. I want to know, is this, a, is this valid? Is this lip service? What are we going on here? Yeah, I think part of the issue is we're really trying to have the largest impact. And so we don't at this time know which school districts are entirely opposed. Some of them may not be having a mask mandate um, because they, they believe that the governor will go after them. We have had the state attorney general issue letters threatening legal action against some of these school districts. And so it is a very real possibility for them. Uh, it's usually very difficult uh, for school districts to, you know, kind of, uh, take a stand because the state does con control a lot of the purse strings. Well, and so they're not going to get the money they need potentially if they if they go up against, you know, they're, they're, they're the person who finances them. Well, I will mention, and your statement is, and you correct me if I'm wrong, the state controls purse strings. And so there could be issues with financing. And we've seen in Florida how DeSantis has threatened school district and administrator salaries all bite, although – Stop. Listen. Biden has said he's going to give them money anyway. I do know. I do know that we have this situation. But I guess my point is, isn't the statement that should be up to the individual school district the same thing as DeSantis is saying? Here's what DeSantis says in Florida. He goes, in Florida, we believe that that's the parents' decision. 
So why do we have to stop at the decision of the school district? Why don't we just say, you can have masks if you want. You don't have to have masks if you don't want to. A parent can decide. What about that as an argument? Yeah, you know, as far as that, I I have a hard time with that argument. Uh, you know, I, I think the the science around masking, and I hate to use the word science because we know in the U.S. it can be something that is a matter of controversy now, but the science around masking is that it works. We've had multiple studies where COVID-19 transmission among children has been lessened and decreased because of universal masking being mandated. Um, One of those studies was in North Carolina. And then we have a counterexample from Israel where there was a high school that did not put in any mitigation strategy, so no masking was required there. And 10 days after restarting high school, about, you know, 151 um, students were tested positive, 25 staff. And so, you know, I, <laughs> I don't quite understand the argument that uh, we should have the freedom uh, to decide for our kids if they want to wear a mask when, you know, there are a lot of uh, parents out there that should have the freedom to um, be able to send their kids to in-person instruction without fearing for their lives. So I like your statement, well, sort of, the science thing we're going to get to in a second. But I like your statement overall, and I like your reference to Israel, as Fauci said just yesterday, Israel's about a month ahead of us, and we can follow what's going on in Israel to know what's going to happen here. They already gave a couple million people the booster shots. So we learn from Israel. I like that. But here's where I'm lost a little. I'm thinking I'm hearing your position saying the state can't make a rule. The local school district should make a rule, but the parent shouldn't make a rule. And I guess what I'm trying to understand is why are we picking one or the other? Why don't we say as a state level or a national level, mass should be required based on the disability? And you you hedged because you said the science thing. And I just want to read you something that I read the other day that I thought was good. Maybe this will change your opinion. When people say the importance of hearing both sides of a story, like science. I want, to hear bo- I want to hear both sides. I want to hear both arguments. What you're really doing is giving credence to an equivalence between scientific fact and ideological fiction. On one note, it's not two sides of a story. Like science, a lot of people say, well, they told us yesterday we didn't have to wear masks. You remember, Morty, at the beginning of the pandemic? No masks, no masks. You don't need masks. Then they said you need masks. They told us it was six feet. Then they told us it was 12 feet. But is science really the truth or is science the search for the truth? When science get it, got it wrong, it's not saying science was wrong. It's saying that science improved. We learned more. Hence why we're tracking what's going on in Israel to keep developing and learning more. So knowing that saying and hedging and saying that, hey, listen, science is a bad word. There's two different sides of the story. Some parents and hedging in a nicest, one most wonderful way. Aren't we discounting what we do know, our current knowledge? And albeit, I will, I will, I will tell you. There was a time where we thought all different ty- cigarettes were good for pregnant women. Like I get that science has been flawed in the past. When I graduated law school, Morty, the speaker made a comment and they said. 
When we were writing the Declaration of Independence, scientists thought it would be a good day, they said doctors, to use leeches to cure major ailments. Like, I get science isn't like Star Trek. I get that we're not, we're not able to snap our fingers and cure something. But shouldn't we use the best thing we know today to be able to advance the most vulnerable among us? So back to your lawsuit. I want to I end with this, knowing all this. And I'm, I don't know if I can get you to say it, but I'm, I'm curious. A parent, one more time, has a kid, kids immunocompromised, school district, not the state, school district has a policy that masks are not required. Does that parent have a valid, non-frivolous cause of action where they can sue for disability discrimination to force the school district to have masks for that child? I just need to know the answer to that. Sure. And I will say as an attorney, like my job is to head right. But I think uh, just generally with respect to the current litigation, we are seeking to overturn the governor's order. What the order says is that local school districts cannot mandate a mask. What we're talking about in terms of what happens after that, we are not clear. And so there may be school districts, uh, even where COVID is raging right now in Texas, that, you know, decide not to mandate a mask. And at that point, you know, that's going to be something that we will have to, you know, address and, and, you know, figure out. I do think in any of the states, and it's hard um, because every state has different federal law, but there may be a colorable action um, under the ADA, under 504, maybe under some other laws too that we don't have in the current lawsuit, um, you know, for mandating a mask because of, um, you know, these vulnerable students and in order to protect them. Well, I want to thank you, Robert, because I just wanted to make sure that people knew that give up hope. Because I think we all forget that. We're all about my freedom. It's me, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. And I think what we forget is that the parents that are dealing with a child with cerebral palsy, they've been exhausted before all of what's going on. You know how you all feel right now with COVID and your kids. This has been their life, and it's just another punch in the gut, another punch in the gut. And I want them to know that they, they have rights. So I just want to end, Lauren, and I thought this was really important with this. Ready? I was reading this thing from Ira Biok, B-Y-O-C-K, and I thought this was a good way to summarize this. Years ago, anthropologist Margaret Mead was asked by a student what she considered to be the first sign of civilization in a culture. The student expected me to talk about fish hooks or clay pots or grinding stones, but no. Mead said that the first sign of civilization in an ancient culture was a femur, thigh bone, that had been broken and then healed. Mead explained that in the animal kingdom, if you break your leg, you die. You cannot run for, from danger. You can't get to the river for a drink or hunt for food. You are meat for prowling beasts. No animal survives a broken leg long enough for the bone to heal. A broken femur that has healed is evidence that someone has taken time to stay with the one who fell has bound up the wound, has carried the person to safety, has tendered the person, tended the person through recovery. Helping someone else through difficulty is where civilization starts, Mead said. We are at our best when we serve others. Be civilized. And I want you to think about that when you're thinking about masks, your rights, and the most vulnerable about us. This has been the Leapcast. We'll be right back. Find us on social media at Listen to Leap or visit listentoleap.com. 
Are you thinking about investing in real estate? If so, you need to order your copy of the book, 10 Strategies to Purchase Property Post-Pandemic. You need to get this book today. It's going to detail everything that you need to know from the time that you say, I want to invest to the moment that you close on your next purchase. Before you make that next real estate investing decision, get your copy of 10 Strategies to Purchase Property at www.theleabcast.com. Lieb, L-I-E-B. Get your copy at theleabcast.com.